The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Welcome to the newest and freshest episode of Hardly Kayfabe. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Towns, and I'm joined by uh, the million dollar man himself. That's right, Mr. Christopher Chavez. <laughs> money, 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 money. Yeah, everyone's got a price, my friend. Everyone's got a price. How's it going, dude? I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got a dollar with your name written all over it. Sweet. Uh, that's why Matt's not here. We couldn't afford him for this week. Yeah, yeah. He's His uh, price tag has gone up since he started calling yeah. ESW shows, dude. And I don't know that we're going to be yeah. able to afford him anymore. What a big shot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. You know, I promise you, Chris, if I ever get bigger uh, than this show, I will never forget where I came from. I would hope not. I would hope um, not. <laughs> Unlock some people. If, cough, cough, Matt, cough. I, I promise you that if I ever get bigger, I will buy bigger clothes. <laughs> it's vital that you do. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever wonder, like, how back in the day, like, Bruce Banner would explode into the Hulk, which was, um, like, maybe three to four times the size and still have his clothes fitting? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, like his waist isn't yeah, the I know same. His waist, I know his, exactly. I was about to say that. His waist literally changes sizes. <laughs> That's impossible. So, yes, if you get bigger, you must buy new clothes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just how it goes. I know it'll probably be sad. I know it was sad for me when I had to buy bigger clothes, but, you know, it just happens. <laughs> you just start realizing, you're like, okay, I guess this is, uh, this is the number I'm this, looking at now. Yeah, this is me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lordy. Man, um, yeah, so Matt's not with us today. Johnny and I are free burden it. And if you don't know what that means, looking up, because it does not mean we're going around without underwear. I mean, we are, but that's not what this means. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's just a happens to be what happens right now. Right, that's just regular uh, life for us. Yeah, that's just a Thursday <laughs> <laughs> for us. Thursday is no underwear day. Exactly. You're supposed to feel free. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but welcome back to, you know, your... Uh, your spot for professional wrestling talk on the BICBP network. Mr. Townsend. Yes, sir. Big week in um, AEW. So, so last night, this is Thursday, last night was AEW's Dynamite on TNT. Um, so I didn't get to watch the whole thing, and I did not uh, see this, but I had heard. Oh, hold on. I don't even think it's on Dynamite. I think it's dark, right? Yes. Okay, it, so that's why yep. I didn't see it. I saw the tweet. <clears throat> That uh, there's a guest commentator on AEW Dark coming out this week. That when I saw it, I gotta be honest, I was shocked. It was uh, someone by the name of Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Um, yes. uh, you know the late Eddie Guerrero's wife. Um, so the reason I was shocked is because she 
is very kind of seen in, in, in high regard at the E, or at least that's how they it seems like they used to put her out, right? She right. was kind of, it's, it's kind of yeah. almost like a royalty at the E. So to see her show, you know, to hear that she's showing up to AEW, she's going to be guest commentating on, on dark. Um, and, and then she also tweeted something along the line. Uh, she tweeted a picture of an AEW shirt. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was it, wild. wasn't she signed to something along the lines of those legends contracts? I feel like she'd gotten out of it because oh. she wanted to, to go to school or something. Am I right? Is that- <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I feel like that's what I heard. <laughs> I'm getting this Listen, mixed up. Vicky, you sign the line here on this contract. You're guaranteed this amount of money every year. I'll need you here and there, but you're guaranteed. Um, excuse me? I gotta go, I got to go to school. school. <laughs> what? If I... I'm- yeah, you're making me think that maybe I'm wrong. Well, but I, I feel like- I, I I hadn't heard that from my, from what I'd known. I thought she was still signed, so that's why for me when I heard that, I was like, oh, "What is going on?" This was almost the equivalent of the outsider showing up on WCW. Not really. Well, the last we seen her was on WWE television. And yeah, it wasn't super duper long ago. No, not at all. And it was all in good like. Uh, you know, everything seemed on the up and up, not like, you know, yeah. and, and there was nothing on any of the Virgils that she was unhappy or maybe something with down. Uh, but yeah, it just, it was again this morning I saw it and I was like, what, 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 what? Yes. Yes. It's very much a Kyle's mom reaction. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> South Park reference. Yes, but, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I saw that tweet too. And uh, I didn't know what to think. I, I I was like, well, I guess she's not doing anything with the E right now. I don't know. Maybe she's one of the few ones that will have the uh, the carte blanche to go back and forth as, as uh, she pleases. Probably. That could be it, too. I wonder yeah. um, what this is going to do. So, you know, it's a big deal that they put on a YouTube show as well. TNT was the big deal. They, they secured cable uh, act, you know, television. People are able to see it around the world. Uh, but putting it on YouTube, they're they're continuing kind of like this new, the you know, it's they're on the cutting edge of of how to put this product out, right? They they knew it yeah. worked with the elite, what with with the what the young bucks were doing on their show, so they shot they they said let's do this. NWA followed suit with NWA Power. Studio Wrestling is now on YouTube. Do you think that this is kind of a way to help them boost the ratings and and viewership on the YouTube? Because I know AEW's After Dark has got pretty good rate uh, viewership. Um, but I had heard that you know both were starting to decline slightly, so I wonder if this was something that to help boost that. People are definitely going to tune in to see what she's saying and how the hell this came about. Yeah, I'm actually I pulled up real quick the uh, YouTube channel of AEW, and I'm looking at the After Dark numbers. Yeah, uh, like the very first episode did over a million yeah. views, which is really good. And people are curious; uh, like, they want to see what it is. Right, and then like, but like by the time you get to uh, Episode eight or ten, it's down into the like the three to five hundred k. Okay, yeah, about so, half. Which which is to be expected. I think it's usually what people think uh, it's going to go. You're, you're whatever you do at the very first, kind of expect half that afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Because like, like you said, we say curious. Even people who aren't wrestling fans, who are just kind of uh, you know casual fans that come to it here and there, yeah. will we'll watch something when it's on. Uh, we'll have wanted to check it out. So it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are going to look like now after this weekend. 
uh, with Vicky showing up on the because again, if it, I know I'm not alone, there's got to be you know many people out there who had the same reaction that I did because I'm gonna check it you know check it out. I do try to watch it, but I got to be honest, I'm behind maybe two, uh, so. It's it's gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely gonna probably skip those two and watch this one just to see what happens. Yeah, I've uh, I've not watched a dark one in a while. I do watch the main show. Yeah, for on a semi regular basis. Like I watched the one as of this recording, the one that happened yesterday. Yeah, uh, I flip back and forth between that and NXT because I can't decide which one I like more. <laughs> Old school, it's, it's terrible. Old school. <laughs> yeah, it's what it feels like. I kind of love it, dude. For me, I got to go uh, back to NXT because it's sad, but I've not watched any WWE at all. So I have a DVR full of like four or five weeks of NXT to catch up on. Yeah, and you won't be mad if you ever actually do it because it's been very, very good. Uh, I've, and it, it's tough for me if somebody wants me to choose between the two, like which is better, NXT or AEW. I I don't know. I wow. couldn't choose. Okay, I'm gonna go they, back they, and watch them. Yeah, uh, they're both so good. They both have a lot to offer. They both feel different enough from the main WWE stuff too to uh-huh. me. Uh, and uh, it's kind of going through the ratings, too. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the ratings for these two shows. Uh, but they've been going back and forth in who's beating who. Oh, really? I've heard I'd heard that uh, recently NXT was starting to edge out uh, AEW. Yeah, I think they won like two in a row, but then AEW kind of came back a little bit and barely won. Yeah, but they've been going back and forth. It's been really close. I think only once... Uh, wasn't not that close, and it was an NXT knockout one time. But that's when they were doing. Uh, uh, you don't know who's going to show up on NXT from you know Raw or SmackDown type deal, right? Uh, which was smart on their part. I mean, that gets people to watch to just to see who's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's been fascinating to me. I kind of half expected for AEW to really just kind of run away with it. Same, yeah. But that's that that's not the case at all. These two shows, and they're both really good shows that focus. Way more on uh, uh, on wrestling and and character than than trying to have some weird strange storyline, hmm. uh, and I think that's helping them both a great deal. And people who just say, "Hey, I just want to watch some cool wrestling and and see, uh, just check this out," I think it's kind of appealing to a lot of people. Nice. That's one of the things I loved about NXT was that it had that AEW almost indie feel, where there were so many good, so much good talent. And they were not afraid to put a face against a face to give the fans the match they wanted to see. Um, yeah. So, so you know, I'm definitely going to go back and check it out. It's not, it's not because I, you know, was just like, no, nah, screw NXT too. It's just honestly just time and sitting down to to add some oh, more. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I said, I, I have to finish the last. Uh, after dark and then and catch up on the new one i've got you know i try to watch nwa power as well because i'm totally i love the studio wrestling i just really do i don't know what it is about it but it is dude it feels like all of this is bringing us back to what it meant to us to fall in love with this sport it feels like the old days studio wrestling you're flipping back and forth like the monday night wars between wcw and wwe you know it's just it feels so good to have that um i gotta be honest i've barely heard anything that's happening with raw or smackdown but in regards to these these ratings is this strictly live viewings or is it like do they count dvrs also like do people dvr in the show i don't think it counts dvrs i think it's purely who's watching at the moment I all believe. right excellent um yeah i think uh so if you count dvrs i'm sure that it would change the number somewhat yeah it'd be interesting to see how that plays out right because again like people like me who yeah. are not able to watch it live sometimes it, we're, i'm checking it out 
you know, through DVR on the weekend when I have some time. Oh yeah, first and thing you know, in the morning. and you know, and you know, hundreds of thousands of people do it that way. Exactly. So that could definitely skew numbers one way or the other. Um, I mean, some I bet I guarantee a lot of people actually do like both and are watching one of them and just DVR on the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the same time. Um, so I, I don't I, I do think that would change the numbers for sure. It's kind of weird that they haven't figured out a way to kind of add that those numbers into a. There's got to be, dude. There's got to be something because it's all digital. So there's got to be some way yeah. to show, you know, that the cable company can show what's been, you know, downloaded. I, I don't know. I don't know how it worked, but there's got to be, man. I mean, we're in a digital age. It's the future anymore. So right. Let's uh yes. let's get on this, people. <laughs> we're about to start a new decade for crying out loud. Yeah. No, wow, isn't that weird to say? It's yes. so weird to say because we haven't had to say it in a long time that it's like we forgot that we're actually ending a yeah. decade. Yeah, we're on the cusp of a brand new era. Ooh, there's something on it's the horizon. A, it's a new day. Oh, yes, it is. A <laughs> uh, quick plug. I don't know if you've listened to their podcast, the New Day's podcast. No. Uh, it is It is fantastic. Is it really? I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's those three guys it and this th- if you like those three guys, you'll love this. They're very entertaining. Uh, they're together, uh, and they're uh, the first two episodes are up. I highly recommend them. Nice. They're both they're both about forty uh, ish minutes long. Cause they're not even that long. Perfect. So you can get yep. You can get through them just fine. Uh, really recommend them. Have you started listening to Arns yet? Yes. Love it. Yes. I mean, he literally asked me on a phone call if I listen. I know people think I'm making that up, dude. But that's true. Did he really ask you if you listen to the podcast? <laughs> yes, he did. We never talked um, about what was discussed. You always just said that you talked to him, and that was you never. We never really said anything about what was said. It's embarrassing. I don't know. It is not embarrassing. This is important. <laughs> you need All right, to tell so, us. So, thanks to our mutual uh, friend of the network, Sean. Yeah. Uh, what show does he do? Let's plug his show real he quick. He does Power awesome Rangers in Cyberspace. So if you love Power Rangers, go check out that show, please. Uh, he was very kind. He was at some convention that Arn Anderson was also at. And uh, he got Arn Anderson to call me on the phone personally. So he calls my cell phone. And uh, I knew he wasn't making it up because it was definitely Arn Anderson. I could tell by his voice. And uh, I'm trying to remember all the details, but it was I was in a daze that it was happening. <laughs> I've I've literally met Mick Foley and twice. Yeah, and was just fine. And Mick Foley is one of my ultimate all time faves. But dude, this is the goat, like but, the legit. But goat. this is Art Anderson. Yes, uh, and I I was tongue tied. I do remember he he even because this was uh, this was a couple weeks back, so his show was still kind of new. I think he's maybe three or four episodes in on his show at this point, and I I had listened to him. Thank thank God I had. So I didn't have to lie to Arn Anderson and say that I had listened to a show when <laughs> I had And you didn't. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, I really, truly did. And uh, he, 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 Arn Anderson, the enforcer himself, asked me, the lowly Johnny Townsend, <laughs> uh, for advice on podcasting. That's one of the things he asked. Holy. Uh, oh, I bet yes. you it's because Sean was just like, hey, I do a podcast and one of them does a wrestling yeah. podcast and this is the guy and you got to call him Bet. Yes. Oh, and the other thing so we discussed. Amazing. Yeah, and the other thing we discussed was, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, like you run through your mind what you what you would say to somebody you really look up to and oh, admire. God. Like, what yeah. What would I say? What would I say? Yeah, yeah. And then after you actually do it, uh, you want to smack yourself in the face. Yes. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. So it'd be, I feel like this is the equivalent of me telling Mick Foley I loved his Hell in a Cell match, uh, which I made sure I didn't do because I right. know he has to get tired of it. I want to, I want to, you know, I want him to know that I truly appreciate his work. I want to bring up other stuff. So instead, so you when said, I met did Mick it Foley, hurt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or chair shark painful. No. Uh-huh. And what I really asked Mick Foley was, I was telling him about how much I really enjoyed his books. Uh, I really liked his writing in his books. So he really appreciated that, right? So I brought up something else besides what he always hears. I'm talking to Arn Anderson, and what comes out of my mouth before I even realize it is, Oh, man. Oh, I love your spine buster. I knew you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you got the best spine buster ever. It's literally what I told him. And he. I don't <laughs> he know what you're. I second. have no clue what you're talking about. What, 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 what's that move called? thankfully he goes i should hunt. it's my move that's what he told me and it was the greatest answer ever to my stupidity he's so amazing dude i can't wait to meet that guy yeah. i gotta meet him he was so awesome uh he was very cool uh and very kind to me i mean i know it was just over the phone but it it was a, it was an awesome moment for sure wow imagine if we could book him for this show as a guest oh yeah that'd be great oh my god we gotta figure that out i I'd have to have questions beforehand instead of thinking off my feet for yeah, that one. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to have them pre-written, and then if you want, Matt and I can kind of vet them to make sure yeah. <laughs> none of them are mentioning yes. spine busters, brain busters, uh, four horses, Any sort of buster. <laughs> uh, oh, I have a question for you. Yes. Did you call him by his true last name, or did you call him Arn, or did you call him Mr. Anderson? How'd you call him? Uh, I just uh, I, I, called, I did call him the Enforcer once. And I called him Arn a couple times, like, like like we're on a first name basis. Oh, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> like he knows or cares who I am. God, dude, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I wish like you had had that the kind of the wherewithal to really quick start recording on your phone. You know, like do yeah, something. It was to so, it happened that. so fast. I didn't. I wasn't expecting it. Oh, that, uh, just it was totally priceless would have, yeah. to have that. Or I wonder if Sean recorded that. Could you imagine if he recorded the other end of it? If he did, he didn't tell me. I would have. I think he would have told me. If he I think had, so too. So. Or you would have gotten something yeah. in the email or something by now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, that was awesome. Very nice. It was uh, a great experience, though. It was a great experience. But yeah, I uh, I brought it up because I started listening to that just recently. So I just finished the first episode, the Territory Days, and it was oh my god, it's just so great to hear stories from him. You know what I mean? Yes. It's so yeah. good. I can't wait to keep going with that. Yeah, and he's got such a he's got such a really dry sense of humor. Uh, really appeals to me. Yeah, uh, he, he he reminds me of uh, some of my friends growing up who were very dry, and a lot of people are like, "That guy's not funny," and I'm like, "You don't listen to them; they're very very funny." <laughs> nice. That's awesome, time you don't know when he's actually joking, and he's joking because he's so dry with it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great time for sure. Yeah, it was definitely in, uh, enjoyable listening to. So if you haven't listened to it, yeah, you know, definitely check that podcast out as well. I think it's just called Arn A R N. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just called Arn. It's him and Conrad Thompson. Yeah. Which Conrad's okay, uh, but recommend- for me, I could, you know, yeah. he's he. Uh, I don't know. He's all right. He's cool. He's definitely cool. He's a he's a cool dude for sure. But yeah, I, I have nothing against Conrad. Conrad's fine, but the reason to listen to it is is yeah. Arn. Anderson. It's all Arn. That's and what. I, and and Conrad would agree with that. So I'm not saying oh, anything out of school. Easily. Oh, easily. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. Conrad would be like, you know what? If we could figure out how we could get him answering questions and not sound like a lunatic without anyone else talking, yeah. we yeah. would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, I mean, and that's the one thing I like about Conrad is that he's a lover of wrestling as well, like a true, true, you know, fan, a true love of this 
this great thing that I'd, we're. I'd we're say fans Conrad's of. a historian, even easily, easily, dude. The yeah. guy knows so much, and his contacts and the you know the people he's had conversations with, because he's like us, dude. He has more than one podcast. He's got many with a lot of wrestling uh, folk. So yeah, it's um, go check all those shows out. Um, this one was cool because the territory days kind of told us of the start of Arn Anderson. And I'm always interested in that, right? Like the debut of a wrestler, how it is they first yeah. show up on the scene, whether it's good or bad, like who, you know, which, what, 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 how did this come about? What was your first impression on a crowd? Um, so that's what our topic is going to be today. Johnny, not sure if you knew that transition, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I said, well, let's do uh let's do where we talk about some memorable debuts, good or bad things that just will stick out in your memory or are, you know, destined to go down in the annals of the historical hallways of wrestling, uh, professional wrestling as memorable. Yeah, because definitely in the history of wrestling, there have been some very successful and intriguing debuts. And then there's been, uh, <laughs> you know, people in, you know, yeah. stormtrooper helmets yes! <laughs> tripping over themselves. Debut. Yes. But and it's important, which is my favorite. That's my all-time yeah. favorite, by the but way. But that shows that right immediately when the, what you're referencing shows that a, a debut can literally make or break your career. Yes. You can either it, it can be something that you know just you rocket to start them on, or you, you trip and fall over and maybe come back and you know have a second chance, or you're done for good. There's no coming back. Uh, go open up the car lot because no one's going to book you anymore. That first impression uh, means way more than we like to think it does. Yes, sir. Most definitely. For sure. So let's go. Uh, let's discuss some memorable ones, good or bad. Do you want to start, or you want me to throw one out there? You go first. All right. So for me, um, I'm always going to because I remember actually watching this, remembering uh, back uh, 2000, I think, in Raw, on Raw. Do you remember when? Uh, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko showed up sitting at the, the sidelines. Yes, sir. Sitting at the sidelines. Yeah. And these guys were known uh, as the basically the cru- cruiserweight of WCW. Right? These yeah. guys helped change the game and bring that, that into the big time because before that, it was almost giants, all big men who wrestled. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but they really showed that size – if you want to be entertained by wrestling, size doesn't matter. Right, exactly. And if, uh, if you can go, you can go. Exactly. And they were so they they all had different styles, but like Eddie was always so such high flying and acrobatics. Uh, Benoit was Benoit and Malenko both had that kind of um, that almost ca- catches can uh, you know it was called catch all catches can catch whatever they call it. Uh, yeah, where they're, it was, they're kind of technical too. Yes, very technical. Yeah. And then there was Perry, who who just had just brute force. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he, he seemed a bit unhinged. <laughs> yeah, but they were all extremely kind of like you know the same size. It, it was it was not normal to see these guys in the ring, and they made quite an impact at WCW, bringing in a lot of more high flying acrobatics, uh, bringing in you know these these kinds of luchador style wrestling. 
Uh, so to see them defect and head over to the E, because before that, in the 90s, we had been seeing a lot of the vice versa, a lot of WWE moving to WCW. Seeing these guys show up, I remember just being like, holy shit, they're here. What the hell? Are they just watching? The-? And, I, and, and back then, you just kind of still wanted to hold on to kayfabe, even though you know a lot of it was starting to die out. It was still this feeling of like, are they just here watching? Because you've seen it before. You can watch MMA or boxing, and there'll be real fighters out watching the match, whatever's happening. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, were they here as guests? Uh, yeah, until they got involved. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just recently at NXT, you know, they had a uh, Britt Baker who's AEW, but yep. she's, uh, she's the, uh, I don't think they're married yet, but she's, uh, you know, she's with Adam Cole, baby. Yep. So she was there watching him and they, the cameras caught her. So, uh, so that's, you know, you're right. Like, is this a real thing or not? And obviously it ended up being a real thing. For yeah. Sure. It was awesome. Uh, so I'm going to see your radicals, which is a good one and raise you one giant big show. Oh, yeah. the giant himself jumps ship, uh, to WWE. And I remember when this happens, he literally comes up from underneath. Oh yes. The, uh, the ring, he tears up through it and choke slams, um, uh, Stone Cold, I believe it was, in a cage match. Yes. Like, he was having a cage match. I don't even remember who he was having a match with. But in the middle of this match, uh, Big Show just comes up from underneath the, the you know, the ring and just destroys Stone Cold. And uh, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Threw him through the, I think it ended up breaking the cage, didn't it? He flew out of the cage with that. I think so, yeah. I mean, what a great moment. What a great way to debut. I mean, and going to get Stone Cold. This is when Stone Cold was hot, too. I mean, this is the late 90s, early 2000s era. So Stone Cold was a humongous deal already at this time. So that's, you know, that's just saying, hey, we uh, we know you're going to be a big deal, literally. <laughs> so. Exactly. Um, well, I'm going to take that and go the opposite way now. One of the more, fr- like, it's memorable because it was kind of like, really? But I remember this. I remember the first time. Uh, I had heard that Eric Bischoff was going to have Kiss on Monday Nitro. Yes. And there was going to be a character that debuted. Remember the Kiss Demon? Yes. <laughs> and he literally like comes lifting out of the ground in this like blood red demonic looking sarcophagus. And it opens up. Yes. And he liter- and he looks like Gene Simmons. He's got the same mm-hmm. Gene Simmons makeup, the demon. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a wrestler. And he's and I I remember n- not now but like thinking back on it I was thinking to myself like so I don't know do you know about how notoriously like ridiculous Gene Simmons is about suing people for any kind of likeness or use of Kiss stuff without his permission? Oh yeah, he's very uh, he's very up on that because he's all which is really strange because if he's not making any money from it, then he's going to sue you for sure. How much did Ted Turner have to pay in ro- like how much did he agree to oh, pay in royalties for this wrestler to use this gimmick forever, you know, or for as long as it would run? Yeah, it's got to be a bunch. Good. I mean, he didn't he didn't end up lasting, but I remember seeing this. I remember Kiss being on WCW, and I remember thinking to myself, "What is Kiss doing there? Like, what's the point to this?" Uh, and then the, the whole when they, they talked about their debuting a character, they an, or a wrestler, a new wrestlers debuting, and here's K- Bischoff throws or not Bischoff, uh, Shivani throws it to Kiss, and they literally play a show. It's a concert. It's a it's a song is going, and I thought it was going to be like an intro, and here comes again. Nope, it's they're doing a song. They're singing and lead guitar and it's going it's and then all of a sudden a close-up on this sarcophagus i was like oh here we go then the dude comes out yes. looking like a buff gene simmons right 
Yeah, as one does. <laughs> so yeah. that one's definitely memorable for me. Uh, I'm going to go with a more recent one, uh, around 2016 Royal Rumble. That's when AJ Styles shows up in WWE. Ooh. I remember losing my mind because I loved this guy when he was in TNA, and I knew how good he was. Yeah. But then he went to Japan, and uh, I have no access to Japan matches. I know they're very good, so don't jump on me for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he went there, so I didn't hear about him anymore. I thought, yeah. well, I guess he's uh, – I knew he was getting older. Uh, but then he shows up and looks amazing in the Rumble. Yep. Uh, even down to the entrance music, which seemed perfect for him. So, uh, man, what a great debut. That's how you do a debut. And he looked good during the Rumble, too, as well. He didn't get eliminated first thing, which I was waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that is, and, uh, and that is the, you know, exactly, because he's coming out of nowhere. And you're like, wait, this isn't a, an actual WWE guy, right? Is this just kind of like a right. they paid him to show up for a one-timer thing? Yeah, like I didn't know what was happening. And I, rem- you know, and and the beauty behind what you're saying here is, is because that puts us in a day and age where uh, you were aware he didn't have to be on WCW or WWE. You were aware of him because of his other work, and we have access to that yeah. now. And because of that, I think that you know a lot of the newer debuts um, have that kind of power. Not always, you know, because just recently on AEW, uh, two weeks ago, there was the debut of the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, we kind of discussed this real quick on the last episode, Matt and I, but the Butcher and the Blade are actually from the Buffalo area, Pepper Parks and Andy Williams. Um, and you were talking about how you were really down with the, you you like the monocle, you, you enjoyed that kind of thing. Uh, but if you watch the show, when this happens, everyone's kind of clueless. And I believe we discussed this because they didn't know it was happening. But I'll tell you what, Buffalo was exploding. This city so. was just like flipping out because when you support the local guys and you start to see them build their name and, you know, they start showing up on slightly bigger names, you know, around the country, different promotions. And then all of a sudden they, they're getting these little brushes with like Ring of Honor or with Impact. Uh, and then maybe they're being used here and there whenever the E comes to town. Uh, AEW just opened this door for these guys uh, who can, you know, kind of show these characters in this display. And for me, I, I was going to put this on the list, so I might as well say it now. It's it was the Butcher and the Blade because it was it was that feeling of like, oh my God, these are our boys. These are the Buffalo Boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's way more of a because you know you know them. Yeah, so that's kind of super duper cool. Yeah, so that's uh, definitely for me always yeah. going to be memorable. And then, did you see them perform on the? Uh, did you see them yesterday on the match from yesterday? Yeah, yeah, they won. Uh, uh, they had they got a victory over Cody Rhodes. So, do you remember when I told uh, I, I told Matt that I hoped uh, Andy did his little knee stomps around the ring? Oh, yes, isn't that just <laughs> so like intimidating? Yeah, and if, yeah. and when you're in, it, and when you really. You're, it really reminds me of, uh, you know, because he was your local guy. Yeah. Cedric Alexander was a guy that I was well aware of from my area. There you go. Uh, and, and then he goes on and, you know, shows what he can do in WWE and puts on yeah. some really great matches there. So so I kind of get it from that aspect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really neat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's really neat just looking at it that way. I thought just a local person just doing really well. Oh heck yeah! And for me, it's memorable too because it's 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 playing into storyline and a main storyline with literally the guy helping run AEW, Cody Rhodes. Like they're really, you know, it's for me, it's awesome. I'm just like, and in the future, if if this just becomes much much bigger, you know what I mean? And these guys go on to that legendary status, you'll always look back at the day they came out of the mat and attacked Cody. You know. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Definitely awesome. Yeah, 100%.
Yeah, uh, I'm going to see that. That's a really good one. And the most recent one. <laughs> it's only a couple of weeks old. Yeah. Uh, so what if we what if we jump back to uh, this guy's debut on Raw? I, I, to me, was one of the best debuts they ever did because they did such a great job of hyping up his, uh, his uh, appearance, even though you didn't know who it was. Because they did that countdown. Oh, yes. I remember this so vividly, dude. Yeah, they would do a countdown like every episode. You're like, well, who who do they count down to? And I remember at that time because I actually was lucky enough to have internet at that time at my house. And I would try my best and it would take longer to load these websites, obviously, <laughs> yep, to, exactly. to check out all the dirt sheets online, you know? Yep. I was like, I got I to gotta know who this is. Yeah. Like, none of them, they were all just speculating. Yep. All of them were just speculating. And uh, Chris Jericho shows up. <sighs> Man, against The Rock. I mean, that's another humongous yeah. name to go right up to throw you right up against. And he held his own. I mean, so good. And that's I, mean, I still watch, you can still go back and watch that segment today, and it still holds up. That is definitely memorable because the fact that and he was the biggest of all time, right? The Rock at that time was on such a skyrocket, like there was no one that could oh, touch yeah. him, no one at that moment. And he's cutting a promo, and we all know The Rock can cut a promo. So to have your debut be that you are allowed to interrupt The Rock's promo, wow. What does that say about you as a wrestler? What does that say about how The Rock views you and how he's ready to put you over? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, oh, and you're right. I remember this because back then, the whole Y2K scare, you know, at that time, yes. I had a group of friends that we literally got together every Monday night at my buddy Jeff's house and watched Raw. Every Monday night, like religion for a couple of years straight. So when this was coming, the same thing. when this was coming, dude, we watched all of this. And I, that's why I say vividly, I know exactly where I was sitting in that living room in Jeff's apartment watching Raw. And then it's Chris Jericho and we're all just losing our freaking minds. Yeah. I mean, what a great way to debut. I mean, that's yeah. just automatically throws you up, uh, you know, in the limelight right there. Yeah. Like this, hey, you're a big, you're. You're here to stay. We're going to, you know, we're putting a lot of power behind you. Very nice. Type of deal. Heck yeah, dude. Um, one of the other ones that's always going to be memorable for me because this was right there in the heat of the Monday Night Wars. You know where I'm going with this immediately because this is what shifted the tide. This is what changed the, you know, the era of wrestling from the kind of gimmicks that we had with like Doink the Clown. Um, you know what I mean? Or, or garbage men or baseball players to more realism, more, these are, these are wrestlers. Exactly. Uh, and there was always that kind of, we knew there was a war between the two promotions. Uh, it was very verbal that we knew you saw it in signs, you know, all over the place. So when you see Scott Hall and Kevin Nash show up on WCW, it did not feel like kayfabe at all. It totally felt like these wrestlers are not giving a crap anymore, and they're just invading another show's like live show. What's going on? When that happened, yeah, dude, uh, we all flipped. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then after that, man, it's done. It's immortal. These guys end up changing the face of WCW and then, you know, unfortunately tanking WCW, uh, having a hand in it. But it was, uh, but for like three or four years, uh, it was great. Dude, for three or four <laughs> years, you know, and how fast. They were lone darting, uh, they were lone darting Rey Mysterio against the trailer. Oh, my God. Remember that? <laughs> what a. I do. 100%. Oh my god! It was so good though, but like it brought, it gave us the NWO, which 
arguably is probably one of the most popular factions of all time and probably is the quickest to have wrote, risen. You know what I mean? Like the four horsemen were a thing, but they had to be built up. And then after a while, it gets you, you, you hear somebody mention the four horsemen and that becomes their thing. NWA became NWA became New World Order. And then that was it. It was like black and white everywhere right after that immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me ask you this. So they just announced uh, that the NWO is getting inducted to the Hall yeah, of Fame. I saw that. Uh, like, when they say NWO, who all do, who all do they think that is? Because <laughs> <laughs> at one point it was like 40 people, it seems. Yeah, oh, exactly. Including Virgil. I think they're going with the original few. Maybe I would say the first four to five members. I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. Well, when I think original NWO, I'm thinking of those original three, the trio. Yeah. Oh, I wonder, is it just going to be the trio? I don't know. I'm very curious about it. It will be interesting. But, uh, dude, yeah, NWO was one of those. I mean, the Outsiders showing up and basically kicking that off was quite a debut, quite a way to show up on the enemy's promotion uh, and have everyone literally for weeks and weeks continue to really question whether or not it was story or it was real. Yeah, I mean, it got to the point where, you know, on WWE, they had fake versions of those two. (laughs) (laughs) That would go on the Um, list of memorable debuts for the wrong reasons. Yes, yes. Uh, I really loved the debut of the Wyatt family. Um, They did such a good job building them up before you seen them, like with those vignettes they would do. Uh, It really hyped me up to see who these people were. And then they show up and they beat down Kane, a big, you know, the big red monster himself. What a debut, man, and what a team. And then, and if you just want to fast forward it, you know, Bray Wyatt literally just reinvents himself in a way yeah. and re-debuts again recently with The Fiend and such. Uh, man, I, I'm, I'd kind of put those two together for me of, uh, of very memorable. Like, I'm not going to forget those. They really stick in my head for sure. I became a big fan of the Wyatt family almost immediately when when I when they showed up. I mean... Uh, these three guys, they look so different from everybody else, uh, especially at that time, uh, you know, and man, and they just had this, like, they were almost like a weird, strange cult type vibe. Yeah, that's what I really uh, like, that I, backwoods I cult it. type of thing. Yes. Yeah, I was all for it. So uh, I'm going to throw in the Wyatt family right here. Nice. I'm going to jump on that because you mentioned one that brought back that memory. Do you remember, oh, Undertaker? Your brother's coming. Your brother. Yes. And it was this like build up of who is he talking yeah. about? Who is the brother? Who That's got to be Kane. Yes. Yeah. Kane, Kane. And then in the middle of what was it? It was um, Hell in a Cell, I think. Hell in a Cell with, the, with Taker and uh, Shawn Michaels. And, and uh, there it is. Kane comes face to face with Taker. And do you, I remember just being like, who is like the mask he had that's when he had the full mask so you didn't see his face at all just a little slit for his like the little mouth or or the nose or whatever it was uh and it was and and he was towering the guy stood almost nose to nose with taker i think taker is slightly taller or is it the other way around one slightly taller but the idea was is that this was imposing and for a while taker was this kind of like you can't mess with him it's the dead man right this big dude is gonna beat you no matter what and he's a mythical figure almost. Yeah, and now his brother was here. And so you're like, holy crap, his brother. And they did not uh get along. <laughs> so which made yeah. it even I know, better. I know people 
I know people love Undertaker and uh, they hold him in high regard. And I do too. I like Undertaker quite a lot. But I was always a Kane guy. I don't know why, but I really dug Kane. Really? Yeah. See, yeah, I was I a Taker guy when it came to Taker or Kane. I was definitely in a Taker. Uh, I looked it up. It's October 5th, 97 was the match. Hell in a Cell for sure with uh, Taker and, and Michaels. Very cool. I don't know why I was always a Taker. Maybe it's because of the, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I like Taker too. So it was a tough choice for me as a kid. Well, no, I wasn't a kid. I was a teenager. But, uh, man, I to this day, I just have uh, I just have great memories of Kane. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because it's the first time I really saw and I know he wasn't the first, but first time I saw like a big guy who was this big scary monster actually jump off the top rope and close oh, on somebody. Oh yeah, and was, yeah. And it just looked so cool to me. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Oh, yeah. it was impressive though. Like when he ended. Remember, so like Taker, one of his biggest moves was the Tombstone pile driver, and so when Kane does yeah. it on the Undertaker, I remember it being just kind of like, holy crap, yeah. what? Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how many more you got? I, I got probably one more on me. I'm out. Uh, I had one more, but you already actually mentioned it. Oh, I think we should discuss the probably the one most memorable of all time for all the wrong reasons. You said it at the beginning. We started to discuss it. The shocker. He He's going to shock our systems. Good Lord. <laughs> it's the shock master himself. Good Lord. Man. What a shocking Man, entrance. Uh, <laughs> yes. I got to tell you, I was shocked to see how it went down. I've watched that easily, easily 40 to 50 times. Oh, that doesn't shock me. And I think each time I watch it, I pick up on something new. Like something <laughs> I was like, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like there's just some little aspects of it. Like one time I was like, just listen for what Ric Flair says when it's happening. You hear Ric Flair in the background say, oh God. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, really? Just go oh, back I got to go back and listen to that now. <laughs> yes. That's so amazing. And there's a lot of big names in that segment. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sting, Sting yep. Ric Flair, yep. uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, Psycho Sid's in there. <laughs> so they had some, they had some big, that was some big names. And that's quite a way to bit like to to help put someone over for their debut. You're literally yeah. introducing someone. All of these names are saying we are co-signing the guy that's about to sh- show up on screen. Ready? Here we go. But, yeah. But think about this though. This is what I've. This is, uh, you know, looking back 20, uh, 2020 vision here, uh, <laughs> hindsight. Um, let's just say, for sake of argument, that he doesn't trip and fall, and he doesn't knock his helmet off, and he's just a, like a, like they had planned. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still a, a, a Star Wars helmet yeah. spray-painted with glitter uh, with silver color. I think he would have died regardless. I think we would have watched that yes. going, what? And he's wearing like a with big another fur person coat or doing, something. Yeah. With another person doing his voice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to James Earl Jones it. it, and it just wasn't working. <laughs> uh, man. They were it, a few years late I, with the Star Wars yeah. reference. I think the fact that he trips and falls is what makes that r- remotely a legacy to me. Agreed. 100%. Because it would have been forgettable would, after yeah. that. It would have just been dumb without that. But now it's at least incredibly entertaining. Yes, exactly. Oh, so man. The best thing, in my mind, the best thing he could have done was trip and fall. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he didn't feel that at the time. I mean, at the time, he was petrified. That was the greatest trip in WWE history until Titus O'Neil's recent one uh, at the yeah. Royal Rumble. Other than that, dude, or what, what was the greatest Royal Rumble, whatever it was called, the big Royal Rumble, the giant whatever. No, yeah. No one in that country where they'll, they'll murder you. Basically, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. dude. Shockmaster always has to be mentioned if you're going to discuss any kind of list that has oh, to do yeah. with the debut. 
Yeah, I'll put them in any list, no matter what. Anyway, I don't care what the list is. That's amazing. I'm going to work them in. <laughs> so, but it does. It goes to show the importance of a debut, whether it's from you know the indies to the big time, or if you're moving from one promotion to another, a rival promotion to another, already well established. Somebody like Jericho was already well established. You know, um, the the. the uh, Oh, what's the name? I can't. I forgot Guerrero and Malenko, and I forgot them again. Uh, Radicals. Radicals. Good lord! I, I wanted to say the Outsiders and then the Outlaws. I'm like, nope, nope. That's that's not right. Don't try. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. Uh, but yeah, dude, if you're well established, it's a big deal on how you show up because it could be your downfall if you show up like the Shockmaster. Um, oh yeah. Other than that, man, I'm done. I'm ready to top out of this one. How you doing? Yeah, I'm done too. I gotta go make my deb- debut on another show. Yeah, I was going to go make my debut on the tier list. So uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> not really. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, make sure you follow us. Hey, you've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you follow us on our Facebook page, BICVP Radio Network. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Find us on all the social media. Make sure you support a lot of the other podcasts on the network, BICBP-radio.com. Tell them Chris sent you. And for us at Harley Kayfabe, thanks so much for supporting. We'll talk to you next week. And it's time to take it home, boys.